Hello and welcome to the All The Things Podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Merlot, and each week I'll be joined by a guest to help me deep dive and learn all the things in their expertise. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the All The Things Podcast. Like you just heard and like you hear every week, I am your host, Sophia Merlot. This week, I was fortunate enough to be joined by the lovely Danielle Lowe. You'll hear more about her, of course. But to give you guys some background and how we know each other, I was actually in the same class as Danielle this past summer, my last semester of school. You'll hear in this episode, we go in deeper with it, but it was an entrepreneurship term, which was really cool. That was our specialization. And Danielle actually took her idea, what started as a really quick project in the first couple of weeks of school to create a business with $5 or less. She's now turned that into a full-on thriving company. It's still in its early stages, but Danielle is so impressive. If you don't know her personally, then you'll definitely want to know her. She's also just a really great person to be around. She's someone that I wish school was in person this past semester or this past summer just to get to know her even better. And it was so nice just connecting even throughout the episode while we were recording, but then off air as well. As you'll soon find out more in this episode, Danielle's business is called Doodlebug. It is a sustainable cricket-based dog treat business. They have a couple flavors out right now. She's hitting up a bunch of Christmas markets and local markets around the Victoria and Vancouver Island area. If you have a dog or if you know someone that has a dog, this is a great stocking stuffer idea. I know my boyfriend and my parents can expect some of these in their stockings this year. Just as a not so subtle hint that I want myself and them to have more dogs in our lives that is something that I wish for on a daily basis so I think this whole episode is me manifesting a dog in some way as well but back to Danielle and the doodlebug origin story so she took this class project she worked on it all semester and I must say it is a pretty grueling and intense semester even though it sounds like it's super fun entrepreneurship which it is there's definitely a heavy course load and a lot that goes into it which is great and what you want out of it you're truly launching a business whether you go through with it or not and clearly Danielle did she also didn't hype herself up enough throughout the episode but she won some pretty huge pitch competitions and business competitions just by herself pitching the idea to actual investors within the community she's now taking an entrepreneurial work semester which is something that you're allowed and encouraged to do in my program to continue working on the business so i'll have all the links in the show notes below for you guys to check out danielle and where you can purchase doodlebug if you have pets in your life or like i said i'm sure you guys all know someone at least that has a pet that you can buy a bag or two of treats for this christmas or holiday season I can personally guarantee you that no matter what industry you're buying from, shipping is an absolute nightmare right now. My day job, since I do not do this full time, eventually one day though, I'm going to keep that sound clip, but I do work for a fashion company and shipping is just insane. So Doodlebug is another great option for you guys to not only support a small business and small entrepreneur, but also make sure that your stocking stuffers or gifts arrive on time this holiday season. Just a couple quick housekeeping things before we get into today's episode. I want to say I put up a poll not so long ago on my Instagram. That is at all the things the pod. If you don't follow us already, join the party, join the community. 
but asking you guys if you were interested in a giveaway and if so, what brands. I listed some of the ones that have been featured. I can include Doodlebug on that list as well. But I really want to hear from you guys. What are you interested in receiving? What are you interested in as a giveaway? What kind of format? So I'd really appreciate some feedback on that. You can DM me. Again, that is at all things the pod on Instagram or comment on one of my photos. Send me an email that is at all the things the blog at gmail.com. Let me know what you're thinking. I really want to get that up and going. And the second thing is I wanted to tell you guys, I think this is almost like an audio journal of some sorts. So I like looking back and I like sharing with you guys. I think then we can connect better. This weekend as the time I'm recording, I'll actually be going back to Victoria for a convocation and I'm so excited to celebrate graduation from university. I just feel like high school graduation is such a big deal and I know I'm really fortunate that I was able to attend university and have people that support me in my education and throughout education but then it was just like nothing and with COVID so much just got derailed of what is quote-unquote the university experience and not being able to see my best friends for a long time so the fact that this weekend there'll be closure so to speak of that chapter in my life and all my close friends and favorite people will be together for a couple days. I'm just so excited and I really want to bring you guys along for that. I know that me and my best friends have been saving TikToks that we want to make together, so I'm sure those will make some appearances. But I just want to share and I want to know from you guys what's something that you're looking forward to within the upcoming few months, few weeks, something that you're excited about that you haven't been going to. Maybe it's a concert, maybe it's seeing someone. I want to know. I feel like we've been in the dark for so long, and of course, we're not perfect yet. There's still a long way to go, but there is some light starting to glimmer, and I just think we should celebrate those things and celebrate each other being able to live our lives again. So with all that being said, still on the topic of school, because that's how Danielle and I met, here is Danielle Lowe, founder of Doodlebug. Hi, Danielle. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I know you're super busy running Doodlebug and getting things off the ground. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here and chat and talk to our listeners. Before we really dive into Doodlebug, I want to know more about you and your business. So can you give the listeners some insight into your background? And I'm curious if you've always found yourself to be entrepreneurial. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to be here. And yeah, so Doodlebug, for anybody who doesn't know, Doodlebug is a cricket-based pet food company. Right now, I sell two, two different kinds of cricket-based cricket based dog treats. The first one is peanut butter banana, and the second one is pumpkin apple. Uh, the idea with cricket protein is that it's the protein source of the future. It's super sustainable, highly nutritious, and hypoallergenic for dogs with sensitive stomachs and meat intolerances about the entrepreneurial question I think my family would agree with you and say yes that I've always been entrepreneurial since I was a kid um but I mean I started off in university studying biopsychology I thought that that was the path I wanted to go down but I don't know I didn't really like how there were definite rights and wrongs in that that program I felt like I had to just accept the way things were and I couldn't question anything it was just about memorizing um so that's why I ended up switching into business uh, pretty pretty early on like it took it was a bit of a process to switch over but I liked how in business we could combine different fields like 
I don't know about you, but like I studied classes in com- like computer science, child and youth care, anthropology, and all that. And I think like multidisciplinary thinking is like the foundation for entrepreneurship. So I guess like you could say that I've always kind of been interested in that kind of path. Yeah, no, I think that brings a cool perspective. And I didn't know actually that you transferred into business. For those listening, most of you, of course, weren't in our class, but Danielle and I actually met because we both did an entrepreneurial semester at our university and we'll get into it, but that's kind of how I first heard about Doodlebug and the beginning stages, which is cool. But I think that's so true. And one of the things I liked about our program is that it allowed you to take so many different courses. And honestly, the really random courses, like one of my favorites was a Pixar class where you just learned about Pixar movies. Yeah, that was actually, yeah, it was so cool. Applied so much into business and it sounds silly, but are the things that stick out. Another one was a public speaking class. That one makes a bit more sense. But honestly, it was those random classes and being able to learn about different things that just brought a really nice richness, especially in entrepreneurship, where you have to do random things and it's a bit less traditional. So I like that you shared that. But when you were little, did you ever have like a lemonade stand or try and sell any of your things like some of the typical entrepreneurship things kids do? Yeah, I remember like when I was really young, I had this neighbor friend and I I used to like try to sell her random shit around my house. Like, <laughs> I remember one time I got her to buy a piece of fluff that came out of a stuffed animal. It was like I sold it for like 10 cents and I like managed to convince her. I was like, this is a good deal. And honestly, like looking back, I'm like, that is like such a dick move. <laughs> That's so <laughs> impressive though. That's like Wolf of Wall Street. Sell me this pen. Like you took it a step up. Like, no, I'm going to sell you this fluff. (laughs) (laughs) Literal garbage. and convince you it's a good idea. But I also, when I was in grade four, I started a Jolly Rancher Canada page because Jolly Rancher had an American Facebook page and it had a ton of followers. And I started a Canadian one. I was like, no one's doing this. I'm going to do this. Grade four, no joke. I'm not misremembering that. And I would hold contests with riddles. And then when people would win them, I would ship them prizes with my own money, like Jolly Rancher candies I got from like candy store in the corner. And I had like a couple few thousand followers on there. <laughs> I mean, That's I- amazing. Do you want to like run our Instagram? I want to do a giveaway soon. You guys, the giveaway <laughs> is going to be ran by Danielle. You're hearing it first. <laughs> I, I actually called their helpline and I was like, hey, send me to your manager, send me to your manager. And I like, ended up like getting passed through like a few different people. And I was like, listen, I am running a Jolly Ranchers Canada page and I need product. Like, I need you to provide the candy. Um, and they had a pretty good laugh. And a few months later, I don't know, I don't know if this is, this is me, but they came out with a Jolly Ranchers Canada Facebook page. <laughs> I think that's a hundred percent credited to you. Yeah. You saw the opportunity and you ran with it. If that's not entrepreneurship, I don't know what is. That's yeah. amazing. Did you ever get any like free product or anything? No, I think they could probably tell I was really young on the phone. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sure my voice was really, really high. But this yeah, sounds no. like a future brand deal in the making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, so clearly you've been entrepreneurial from the beginning. I think that story alone establishes that. So mm-hmm. I want to learn more about how Doodlebug, this actual business, first 
came about then? Was it before the entrepreneurship semester or did it really begin as a class project? Mm -hmm. Well, it's funny that we were talking about like the different fields that you can study in business because I actually learned about the practice of eating insects through an anthropology elective that I took. We learned about how like people eat insects all over the world and how they make different foods with it, like mealworm burgers. Um, and after I learned about it in that class, I kept thinking about it. It like fascinated me. And I ended up using that that topic in a, another project in my third year. And that's where I like, really dove into the nutritional and sustainable benefits of insect protein. And even after that project finished, I still couldn't get my mind off of the concept. I was like, this is a really good idea. I cannot believe I'm not seeing this here. Like I see it in other parts of the world, but not so much in Canada and not so much in the States. So I connected with the innovation center at UVic and I was like, Hey, I had this idea. Like, I don't really know what to do about it. Um, and then I joined in with the current entrepreneurship student co-op students in their weekly meetings, even though like I wasn't on a co-op. Um, and just like went through that whole program with them. It's kind of like the specialization, but like a super toned down version. Okay. There's no projects or anything like that. It's just like you go and you learn about like customer research. So you just like a quick presentation and then you like talk to the other students about your ideas on that. Oh, Um, that's cool. I didn't even know that existed to be honest. I know. I know. It is an amazing resource. Definitely not doesn't get like the attention it deserves because it like I would absolutely not be doing what I'm doing if it was not for the innovation center. Oh well yeah for anyone who goes to school at UVic and you're listening now I'm out of school so but I think it's even is it like six years after you graduate or something you can still connect with the innovation center. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's a total fact or not. I know there is some time after graduation, Mm -hmm. but they are an amazing resource if entrepreneurship or just business in general is something you're interested in, I highly encourage you to go check them out, talk with the people there, even look on their website. There's so many things in university that are available but are not advertised. And that's one regret I have yeah. is not taking full advantage of all the resources there. Yeah. And they're like, they're super supportive. They they also, on top of like having competitions for funding, they also just provide a lot of support. And what I got the most out of it at that beginning stage was like the encouragement to go through with my idea um like I learned about making a business plan I like entered a a pitch competition and I didn't really expect anything to come out of that and that but that was actually the first competition I won it was just a few hundred dollars but it like gave me the confidence to keep going and especially because I had never pitched before it made me feel like my idea was really onto something and then like after that I like totally adjusted my academic schedule to accommodate doing two entrepreneurial co-ops back to back. So that's why I was in the aunt specialization in my first fourth year semester. This is probably like kind of confusing for listeners, but but no, um, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense to you and other UX students, but catered my the rest of my degree to fit in that co-op. And then like in the semester review, the specialization, I like realized how big the pet market is. And then around that time, my sister's dog got really sick with a meat intolerance. And I was like, what the heck is a meat intolerance? Are they not <laughs> supposed to be wolves, like carnivores? <laughs> this makes no sense. Put two and two together, realize that insect protein is, is a source of protein that dogs with meat intolerances can eat. And I was like, okay, this, this idea is huge. And like everything fell together there and pivoted my 
my original concept of making a mealworm burger into making cricket-based dog treats. And yeah, like I won some pretty substantial grants throughout that term. And then even like at the start of my co-op, which has helped a lot um, when heading into my co-op. I didn't realize that you had this idea either, like from an anthropology class. I think that's cool. My whole family are dog people. And I know you, of course, are too. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like babies, I feel like for me, how people will spend any amount on their baby. They'll do the same for their dog to make sure their dog's healthy. Mm -hmm. When your sister's dog got sick and as you were learning more about the pen industry, was there a fact or something that just made you frustrated? Like, oh my gosh, we're giving our dogs this crap or the quality standards are low or it's just unsustainable. Was there something that really stood out to you and you were like, I have something here that can really fix this problem? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not so much like I knew that the pet industry was super unsustainable or like really unhealthy. I think that like you can find healthy alternatives and mm-hmm. I know you can find healthy alternatives that are meat based in the pet the pet market too. I think it was more so like I knew about the benefits of cricket protein, especially the benefits of cricket protein for dogs and dogs with meat intolerances. And I was like, why aren't people not doing this? Like some of the information, if you look into like the actual numbers of cricket protein versus chicken and pigs and cows, Crickets use almost one two thousandth of the water to produce. Oh, wow. Which is like wild. They produce fewer greenhouse gases. They use less food and less space. So as the population grows, regardless of pets, like as as the human population grows, we're going to need more and more protein, but we're going to have less and less space and environmental capacity to produce that. So I was like, crickets are super helpful. And if people aren't ready to eat it themselves why can't their dogs? I actually have a question about this for you coming up. But I think a couple years ago, my mom actually got me a cricket protein for humans. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, like, I'm not so sure about this, but I put it in smoothies, like there's no weird or funky Mm -hmm. taste or smell. And then on the back, when you start reading, you're like, why is this so weird? Like, yeah, we do eat chickens, like we eat fish. Why is Mm -hmm. this such a block in our brains when there's so many benefits? It's good, of course, not only for dogs, but for humans. Mm -hmm. How do you find the education piece when you first tell people this is cricket based? What are people's reactions to that? Well, I I really expected people to like think that it was disgusting. I mean, like the odd person will like like when I'm at farmer's markets, like they'll look at it and be like, absolutely not. No, thank you. And like, they genuinely seem offended that I'm like, like they're not willing to even slow down. Like they're like trying to run away from me. But oh my God. Really, like only happened a few times. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll just whittle this down. Like you're not my target market. Yeah, exactly. But most people actually have either heard of cricket protein or are super interested and willing to learn. Like people who haven't heard of it oftentimes will be like cricket protein like tell me everything about this like this is so cool so it it was really encouraging like I expected to have to do so much educating and obviously like I still do have to do some educating but it's not as much of an uphill battle as I thought it would be okay well that's nice to hear and kind of refreshing I was expecting you to say that there'd be some people turned off by the idea of it but the fact that they just don't even want to give it a try. Again, I think you summed it up perfectly. They're not your target customer, yeah. but yeah. at least you're narrowing down who your correct audience is. I think that's a huge part of any business is knowing exactly, not just educating your customer, but mm-hmm. educating the right people and not spending time on the wrong people. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And like the thing too is like lobsters and all that, like those were all seen as like food that like the lower class like was supposed to eat like way back in the day. Like that was the idea is like lobsters are like a gross food. Like no one wants that. And now it's a luxury item. That's so true. Can we just like pause for a second? Like, I wish it kind of was still seen as that on a student budget. Give me some lobster to eat. Yeah. And then like with the the nutritional benefits of crickets as well, like there's no reason why people should be turned off. And like, I get it. I mean, when I did anthropology, like they brought crickets in for us to eat. And this is like when I was super interested in it. I just thought it was super cool. And I wouldn't do it. I like, that's, that's gross. I don't want to eat a bug. Yeah. Um, and now that I've like learned about it and I've like really worked on like my mentality around why do I think that this is gross? I have no issue with it now. And I mean, I'm still probably at the point where like I prefer eating like the powder cricket flour. Yeah. But like research shows that like the cricket flour is like more widely adopted by like everyone. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's just like a mind thing, like even on talk shows where they play those games and it could be like a bowl of carrots, but they have to stick their hands in. Mm-hmm. And they can't see what it is. It's kind of like, oh my God, this is so gross. And then they see, and it's like, oh, like you make things up in yeah. your head and yeah. tell yourself stories. So the powder can just be like, oh, it's just a regular flower when you're not seeing it. Yeah. That's of course been a big obstacle to overcome and learn how to deal with. But business itself, even though we went to school for it, there's going to be so many things that just come your way and you're going to have no idea how to deal with them until they happen to you. What's been one of the biggest surprises you faced since really launching Doodlebug? Well, I'd say the the biggest surprise was transitioning from school life to the business world. And like, obviously, I'm still really new to the business world. But when I first started Doodlebug, I felt like everything I had to do had to be the right choice. And there was a right and wrong way of doing everything, like whether it was picking the right logo or the right name or all of those things. And So I wanted to check in with like friends and family and mentors and be like, hey, is this the right choice? Do you like this logo? Like, yes or no? Um, And it it was just eating up so much of my time. I wasn't giving myself nearly enough credit for the knowledge that I already had and my own decision-making abilities. And I think it's because like in school, we're encouraged to listen and learn and to do well. We have to go to class and soak up all the info we can to get a good grade, you have to do exactly what the professor wants, exactly what they're looking for. And I think to a degree, this is the mentality I had when I was starting my business. And I mean, I'm I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of mentors who want to help out and give feedback. But I also think that I was trying to take everyone's advice, which would sometimes contradict each other and mush it all together into my business. And I mean, this, this reached ahead one day and I realized that I just had to go for it and you can't spend too much time deliberating and trying to pick the perfect name or make the perfect Instagram posts. All you can really do is just listen to what people are saying. Um, and yeah, like look for trends as well. Like, I think if everyone's telling you to change something like your name or something like that, that's probably a good idea, but it's good to be confident in your own decisions and and don't be afraid to disagree with someone's advice. That's great advice. And this is something I wish people just talked more about in general. We were talking a bit off air and I think you nailed it in that too, but in school you learn how to learn one thing, but then you also learn how to get a good grade or like write to certain profs versus what you really think about things. And for so long you're told, okay, you go to school, you graduate, you go to university, graduate, and you get a job. 
And then especially with entrepreneurship, where it's you deciding the facts. And like you said, there's not a right or wrong. It can be really hard to trust yourself and to learn what is a good decision. And of course, you need to get the opinions of other people. But I think one of the best things, and this is something I had to do with the podcast too, is accept that nothing's going to be perfect. And your end goal of where you want to be is never going to be what you start. But again, you can never get to that end goal if you don't start. So not getting in a bad cycle of waiting till your logo is perfect or waiting till you have enough money. I'm not saying like go broke in the very first Mm -hmm. year, but even like little investments, like we said off air, like getting a Shopify account and really just pulling the plug to pay like a monthly subscription to something you really need to have grassroots of a Mm -hmm. business is huge. And I wish that was something people just talked about more in general. Yeah. And I think the idea too, is like the end goal of what you want to be is still not going to be the perfect business. Like it's still always going to be changing. Like you can have a really great logo and there's still going to be things that you can change to make better. And like, as your brand changes, and as your like target market grows and their preferences change, like you're always going to be changing. So it's okay to put something out there that's not perfect and just adjust it as you go. The worst thing you can do is just try to sit there, make everything perfect and never end up actually launching anything. Exactly. Then you're just living with what ifs and regret versus taking criticism, taking advice and adapting and becoming better. Even the, like your dream business or dream brand, I can guarantee you has so many fires they're putting out behind the scenes and they're not perfect Mm -hmm. either. They just, again, everything's curated on their Instagram or website. You see the best of. Right. Yeah, exactly. Kind of on that same theme of advice and starting a business If there's someone who's listening, whether they're a young person or they have this really great idea, but they have no idea how to go about it, maybe they're in that loop. What is some advice you'd give them to really just go for it? Yeah, well, if it's a young person, first off, I would say it doesn't matter how old they are or how young they are. Back when Doodlebug was just an idea, I was super worried that I didn't have the experience or the money to get a business off the ground. I thought that people might not take me seriously because of my age and a voice in the back of my head just said to wait until I was older and had more experience. Maybe like after I got out of school and I worked in a job for a while. But now that I've started Doodlebug, I see that there's a huge advantage to starting a company at a young age. And so many people want to support young entrepreneurs, especially students, which opens has opened my networking capabilities so much. Um, and on top of that, like this is probably the least risky time to start a business because most people already don't really have kids or people relying on us or mortgages, et cetera. And I'd also recommend that anybody who has an idea to reach out to the Innovation Center because I w- absolutely would not be where I am right now without Andrea, Jerome, and Tyler. They have a ton of resources available and they have really strong networks. And even if you just have an idea, that's that's where I started with them. It was just, hey, I think that insects as food are really cool. And I think we should be doing it. Maybe I could make a mealworm burger. And they were like, cool idea. Let's roll with that. Like join join our cohort. Um, and then I'd, I'd also finally like say that you should just take negative feedback with a grain of salt because you're going to come across people who want to put you and your ambition down just for the sake of it. And the most productive thing you can do is surround yourself with people who support you and want you to succeed. This doesn't mean don't listen to negative feedback. Just be cautious of who's being constructive and who is simply just trying to take your confidence away. 
That's great advice. It's kind of like a double-edged sword and you have less responsibilities, let's say. If you think of the worst possible thing that could happen, most likely you're still going to be okay, whether you're fortunate Mm -hmm. enough to rely on your parents or you have a savings account or some job that you could go back to. The worst that can happen most likely is you're at the exact same place that you are at the beginning of the business. Mm -hmm. So again, I'm just echoing what you've said. I really believe in Mm -hmm. that as well and want to encourage people if they have ideas to pursue them. I'll also leave a link in the description of this episode to the Innovation Center so you guys can reach out to them if you're listening. They're such a great resource. And again, something I wish I utilized more. So I'm glad that you're Mm -hmm. talking about that. But it's true too, just for a business in general, like there's always going to be chatter. And I think it's something that you have to always evolve in balance of listening to yourself, trusting your gut, Mm -hmm. but then evolving and having that support system is huge because you want people to support you, but you also don't want a bunch of yes people Mm -hmm. who are just like, yeah, that's perfect. I love that idea. You want people who genuinely care about you and your business because they're going to say, well, what if you did it this way? Or what if we tweak that? And it's coming from a place of good intention, not just, like you said, some people are just going to be jealous or just in a bad mood and want to tear mm-hmm. you down. Don't pay any attention to those people. I'm talking about the people that support you. Mm-hmm. And I also think it's good to like communicate clearly too, because I think when I started, like the, the first month of my of starting my business, I think that there was just like so much info being thrown at me. Like it was such a huge change. And I learned as I went on that it's really good to be clear when you're talking to people about your business or when you're passing ideas past them. Like, Hey, I think I should do this marketing campaign. Like, do you think that's a good idea? Um, if you, and you want them to give you feedback, like, yeah, that's a good idea. But what if you change this? Right. So if, if you're looking for feedback that way in that moment, that's good. But sometimes I felt like I would talk to people and I'd be like, yeah, the business is going well. Like I had a farmer's market. I've been selling online. I did this, this, and this. And then they'll be like, okay, well, what if you did this and this? And what if you changed that? And so there's, there's a time when you want somebody to like really dive into the details and like make suggestions for change. And there's also a time when like maybe you, you're feeling good and you don't really need that right now because yeah. I mean, in the early stages of starting a business, there's just so many moving pieces and it's nice to have like, a choice um, in, in when and how you get that, that feedback and like those suggestions for change. It's almost like when you want to vent versus need advice, you start off being like, I'm just venting. I'm just talking out loud. So the person knows you're just kind of using them to like speak Mm -hmm. versus this is something I want a sounding board on. And that's a very different thing. So I think that's a good tip as well, just to communicate from the beginning when you're talking aloud and talking about the business versus when you're wanting feedback on it. Yeah. Like, do you want a solution or do you want support? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Of the same vein of running a business, of course you're busy, but you're also a student. You also have a life in general. What are some tips for keeping it all together? I feel like you've always done a good job. Like just even in school, we had a crazy workload of being organized and keeping your shit together and staying calm. Do you have any tips? Oh man, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I think it helps that I have a really great support system. Like my, my family is really supportive and like my boyfriend's really patient as well. There's times where I have to make a whole bunch of dog treats and I wasn't expecting it and him and I had plans and rather than the like being 
irritated about it, like he'll lend a hand and help me out and like make it go quicker. So I think that's kind of like a, a huge blessing. Um, and then same with like my, my family, but I mean, for like tangible strategies that you, that other people could do. I mean, I think day planning crucial. I mean, I'm sure most people do day plan already, but I like to like write out distinct lists for what it is I need to get done and like actually cross them out when I do it, make sure that they're achievable. And at the end of the day, because when you're starting a business too, it's really hard to like separate work from your own life. Yeah. It's hard for me to know like when to stop. And like, it's really, you have to be really careful of not burning out. And so at the end of the day, if I'm like, Hey, I got to stop, I'll just write a list of everything that's in my head that I'm like, I need to do all of these things. It's driving me nuts. I'm so stressed out. Write them all down on a piece of paper. And then the next day you can pick right. They can pick up right where you left off. No, that's important too, of not overwhelming yourself. Cause like you said, it's not like you have certain hours of like, I work nine to five. And then when that's over, I'm done. Mm-hmm. As soon as you wake up, you're probably thinking about the business and you're thinking about it until you go to bed. Mm-hmm. But if you wear yourself out, you're not going to do yourself any favors. When you are feeling stressed out, are there things you like to do? Like, is it putting on a TV show, going for a walk, or is it just kind of whatever you're needing that day and just listening to your body? Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. So there's two things I've been doing lately. The first one is I am obsessed with my sister's dogs. So <laughs> they're so cute. So cute. I, so I, I hang out with them as much as possible. And my one sister lives like down the street. So I'll just like show up at her house at nine 30 and be like, Hey, I need to see Billy. And like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll steal her away for a bit. And I've also been like trying to get outside. I am on that like mushroom hunting wave. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's actually super fun. That's yeah. awesome. That's been come side no like such a big thing like I want to do an episode all about like mushrooms and foraging I think that's awesome mm-hmm. and I, I've always liked hiking but I think that it's like looking for mushrooms is actually like it's it's like hiking because you're out and you're about but you're able to wander aimlessly which I feel like my whole day is focused on like achieving goals achieving goals and hiking is kind of like that you're like okay I need to get to the top of this mountain and get back down but when you're like just like looking for mushrooms, you're like, I can wander and be free and go wherever I please. And there's like, there's no destination. Don't eat any mushrooms you don't know about. Yeah. <laughs> I've read on some of them and they're actually like really scary. Some of them are really scary. Yeah. Be careful, guys. Be 100% confident in what you're picking and eating. Yes. We're not telling you to just eat anything you see. I think that's just like so cool and something that is such a contradictory thing to the rest of your day. So I like that. And I've never actually heard that answer before. So I like that you said eagle foraging. That's great. Mm -hmm. For people that if they're listening and they don't have a dog like myself, even though I want one so bad, what are some ways that they can support you in your business? Well, if you don't have a dog, you could support Doodlebug by buying treats for a friend or a family member's dog or like just simply engaging with our social media or telling your friends out, telling your friends about us. Word of mouth referrals are especially important for a product like ours that require a little bit more of like confidence and a leap of faith for people to try out. And if you're looking for a good stocking stuffer or a Christmas present, then Doodlebug is it. Yes, definitely. I know I have lots of people that I will be buying Doodlebug for for Christmas. And hopefully soon I'll have my own dog that I can buy treats for. But in the meantime, 
small creators and small businesses, like engaging is huge, saving posts, sharing the Instagram, Facebook pages with friends and family, I know goes a long way. I think people think you have to invest a lot of your own money to help small businesses. And honestly, like you said, word of mouth and just sharing information is so huge. So I really encourage all you guys to please share Doodlebug, share it with friends, with family. And then where can people find you? I'll have all the links in the description as well, but give yourself a plug. Mm-hmm. So I'm at uh, a few different farmer's markets around the island. Some of them are kind of sporadic, but right now I'm at the Esquimalt markets on Thursdays. I'm also, so my, my next Esquimalt market is the 11th. And then I'm at the NPNA market Sunday the 14th. I'll be at Dickens Christmas fair, the peninsula winter markets. Um, yeah. So if you, if you want to reach out to find more about the market dates, I can send those to you, but uh, you can also buy the treats online. I ship them all across Canada and it makes a really great gift for a friend or family member who you haven't seen in a while. And what is the website? What's the address? So it's doodlebugpetfood.ca. Awesome. And you guys, like I said, I'll have all the descriptions and links in our bio. So make sure that you're checking on the episode web notes. So you can learn more about Danielle and Doodlebugs and have the direct link for her products. But before you go, I do like to ask my guests, sorry, this wasn't a planned question, but is there like one resource or book or TV show, literally anything that you love that you recommend to your friends? Okay. So I just finished this book. This is like not at all going to help you with entrepreneurship or like anything. No, that's okay. It can be anything. (laughs) Okay. I just finished this book called The Great Alone. It's about this girl. She moves with her parents. Her parents have a super toxic relationship. She moves with them to Alaska and it's in this super remote like island or something. And they have like no electricity, like nothing like that. And it's like brace the winter where it's like dark all day, all night, pretty much. And yeah, it's, it's an unreal story. I don't want to give anything away, but there's a bit of romance in there, a whole bunch of like crazy situations that she gets into. And like, you, you see the whole inner workings of her family dynamic, which is a bit wild, but yeah, highly recommend that it's by Kristen Hanna. Oh, that sounds great. I'm in need of a new book. That's like just some fiction and Mm -hmm. something that I'm not being like, I need to take notes on this all the time. So that sounds like something I need to pick up. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you again so much, Danielle. I really enjoy just being able to catch up with you and having you on the podcast. And you're welcome back anytime. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Hold on. You can't go just yet. If you're new here, hello. I always ask my listeners for favors at the end of episodes. And that is to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I would love it if it was five stars, but I'll take some constructive criticism. This is how we build our community and we get even better. Follow us on Instagram if you're not already. That is at all the things the pod, like I said in the beginning. If you want to contact me, if you have any questions about the show or being on the show, my email is at all the things the blog at gmail.com. And we also have a website where you can listen to our episodes, see what's new, subscribe to our email list, and that is at all the things the blog.com. Before I go, I just want to thank you guys one more time for sticking with us for over 20 episodes and listening all the way through. It truly means the world to me if you've made it to this part. Comment a white heart on my next Instagram photo. We can have our own little club going on, like full episode club. I don't know what we'll name it, but you'll know what it means and I'll know what it means. So with that, I'll talk to you guys soon.